Welcome to Conversations Live. For more than a decade, we've brought you the best in books, entertainment, celebrity interviews, and current events. When the movers and shakers of the world have something to say to you, they say it to us first. Here's your host, Cyrus Webb. Welcome back, everyone, to Conversations Live. I'm your host, Cyrus Webb. Glad you all could join us once again. But for a radio audience tuning in here in Mississippi at WYAD 94.1 FM and WYADonline.com, we're glad you all could be with us. Also, tuning in to our online affiliates around the world, we're glad that you all could join us via podcast as well. I'm excited to welcome author Rebecca McKenna to our broadcast today. She's celebrating a brand-new book that is definitely a page turn. It's called Don't Forget the Girl. We're going to talk to Rebecca not only about her own literary journey, but also what it's been like for the craft characters that now all of us around the world can be able to read, and also what it's been like for the already hear from early readers of the book as well. If you guys are just now finding out about Rebecca, we'll, we'll let you know where to be able to stay connected with her. Rebecca, thank you again for the time. really appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Okay, the pleasure is definitely all mine. So this is something I was looking forward to. This book is one when it was first pitched to me, Rebecca. I was fascinated by it because it, re- it reminded us, of course, of something that's ripped from the headlines. But Don't Forget the Girl is a book that just came out for you this week. What has it been like for you to kind of process the release and now that it's kind of out for the world to read? It's been a really um, – I, I will be honest, I'm a very anxious person, so I was very, very nervous. Um, but it has actually been just such a, a absolutely wonderful experience. Um, the Bookstagram community um, on Instagram has just been so wonderful, um, so affirming, and um, really sort of fell in love with these characters like I did. And then just talking to people at events um, who have read the book or – maybe are ready to kind of think about true crime in a slightly different way has been really, really great. Yeah. And the, the the title of the book kind of alludes to one of the big stories of it, and that is, of course, uh, what happens, of course, when there is something that happens uh, in life. Of course, as we all know in real life, Rebecca, when life happens, something may catch our attention for so long, and then, of course, as life continues to happen, it moves on. What was it like for you to create a story that not only deals with that in a real way, but also shows the impact that that loss and the actions of others can have on us? Well, thank you for for kind of pointing that out and understanding that dynamic, because I think it is really, you know, really sad for people who, you know, maybe a loved one has died, they get this media attention for a little while, and then it sort of slowly fades away or it sort of changes. And in the end, it's the, it's the killer that's focused on and, and the victim is really forgotten. Um, and I think, you know, I, I wanted to write a story that was about grief. And I thought that this was a really particularly interesting kind of aspect of grief. I would almost sort of heighten it where it's like not just you grieving this, you're also sort of having to deal with what the public perception is or what the media focus is, and that that would just sort of make personal grief even more intense. And part of the way that we're able to know so much about this story are the characters you've been able to create. I'm always fascinated, and I honestly don't know the answer with this with you, Rebecca. (laughs) What came first? Did the situation come to you first, or was there a character in particular that came to you first, and then the story just evolved around them? That's such a good question. Um, Well, I think some of the characters, like the character of Brie, I had been writing different short stories and failed novels with Brie since I was 
18. Um, so she's been a character that was around for a while. Um, Abby and Chelsea came later, and I think do write sort of a, a mystery, sort of thriller story, but really try to focus on the a victim, one one specific victim, and kind of center center them. And so Bree had sort of been around, and then the other characters kind of developed uh, more around that idea. Yeah. And I love the fact that with this book, as we're kind of being able to know the different characters, we're able to also understand why they kind of re- react and respond the way they do. What was that like for you to create their own backstory as well? Because the way the book is written, uh, Rebecca, you know, we're kind of able to kind of get an idea of who they are and who what made them who they are. What was that like for you to explore? Yeah, so, you know, they, as as people have, early readers have said, you know, sometimes they are characters who are hard to like, they are flawed, um, but I appreciate you saying that we kind of understand why they are the way they are. Um, I originally, I originally wrote the book as a linked short story collection, um, and I worked on that for years, and everything in that version um, eventually just had to be cut and like I think maybe a paragraph of it appears in the actual novel um, wow. but it did really help me get to know those characters and so um, it helped me really kind of have an idea of sort of the multitudes they contained kind of their flaws as well as um, you know their strengths I don't recommend right. it as a, as a writing as a writing process um, but it, it did help me get to know them <laughs> right right and and what about Chelsea? How, what was Chelsea's character like for you to kind of to be able to tell? And when did you know that she was going to be more prominent? Um, I think, you know, at first I was only focusing on Bree and Chelsea and um, Abby, the the friend who is presumed murdered by the serial killer. Um, you know, she was more appearing just in flashback. Um, so I think Chelsea. And, and Brie kind of always were going to be prominent. I think what really sort of changed the, the writing process for me was when I realized, like, you're sort of silencing the victim just like you get annoyed about. And so mm-hmm. you need to bring in the Abby perspective to you. And so once I had all three of their perspectives, that really kind of um, almost ignited things, and I had a lot more momentum drafting it. Wow. And now here we are with the book again available for all of us to be able to enjoy just in time for the summer. I, I have heard authors talk about on this broadcast before, Rebecca, and I'm curious as to your thoughts. They talk to me about how solitary the writing process can be, but then, you know, when release day comes, it's like the floodgates are open. What is it? Was there nervousness yeah. along with relief, or was there more relief than anything else? Um, there's definitely nervousness, um, but I think, again, like the Bookstagram community, as they would read um, advanced review copies or, you know, uh, like promo copies that were sent out, just the response I got was so kind, um, and it and there's just something, it's such a privilege to write something and have it be understood by people. Um, and so as that kind of happened, it really lessened my, my nerves and has made just the process of having it out in the world um, just, just so really wonderful, honestly. Um, and I just, I just am so grateful. And, and I think, too, as readers get into the book, they will 
definitely be able to, of course, be able to get into the characters, but I think also get a chance to really think for themselves, what would I do in this situation? Talk to us about that for you, Rebecca, as you were creating yeah. these characters, being able to to get to know characters like Bree and Chelsea. What was it like for you to kind of think about either aspirational pieces for yourself, or did you see part of yourself in their characters? Oh, that's a great question. I mean, you know, these are these are women who are – dealing with the trauma of a, of a murdered friend um, and, you know, they're not always coping in the best way. And I think that there were times when I was writing the book, um, or I think in general with my writing, sometimes I, I am most motivated to write about decisions people make that I think are awful, that I just cannot understand because I kind of want to see, like, can I write myself to a place of understanding or a place of empathy and very early on in the book we learned that Bree is a college professor who's having an affair with a student and I am a college professor and I think that that's abhorrent and I've always been very I just think that power dynamic it's really an abuse of that and I wanted to see like could I write my place myself to a place of sort of understanding why someone might do that and I think I did I mean it's not great but I sort of got to a place where I could understand from her background why she did those things and so I think in general you know sometimes it's me writing just to see if I can you know have that empathy in myself yeah there's also, of course, and I'll talk around this, um, Rebecca, because people will see it as they're reading it. They'll understand that okay. Chelsea's connection with with mm. Abby was deeper than a lot of people realized. Yeah. Um, what, was that uh, – again, I'll talk around it, but was that a surprise yeah. to you? <laughs> or was that part yeah. of the story you do? Yeah. No, that's such a great question. Um, when I was writing the Link short story collection, um, there was just, I can even remember exactly where I was. I was at a coffee shop, and we'll talk around it because it's a tiny spoiler, but um, yeah. this thing happened. This thing happened, um, and I thought, oh, okay, like there's there's this whole other layer here that I didn't, I didn't originally know, and I, that's like to me just the most amazing thing about writing when your characters start to do things that feel really like outside your control um and so that was sort of a magical moment and then it helped me understand the dynamic between those two hmm. wow well i'll tell you this is it, it is there's so many things in here i i can't um talk about with you on the air but i i, I think as <laughs> but the reason why i even brought that up because i think um, as readers continue with the book, and that comes up again uh, yeah. with Chelsea, kind of, uh, I'll just say, hearing her own words, I'll say it that way. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and yeah. I think it's such an interesting thing. There is a line, though, in the book I made a note of, and I actually wanted to talk about this because this okay. is something that has bothered me in the profession that I'm in, and I think as we kind of hear mm. the horrific situation that's going on right now with individuals. You know, with the Titan uh, going down to see the Titanic, how we sometimes yeah. forget that that these aren't just stories or headlines. There's a great line that you wrote in the book, and I want to talk about was it something that just came to you or something that you had a point with? And that was in Chelsea. Uh, for those who have the print edition of the book, it's on, it's on page 257, uh, unless they have a, a different uh, <laughs> different version than mine. But the line, the line though, was so great. Um, from Chelsea, it's not a story, it's my life. Mm, and I think yeah. so many times when I got to that part, 
uh, Rebecca, I thought about sometimes, even though, as I said, this book is so relatable, so real, but we do kind of create these almost these soap opera frenzies, right, about these situations. Yes. And we do, as you mentioned, we almost start glamorizing it. What was it like for you to kind of feel what Chelsea was feeling in that moment? Yeah, I mean, I think that it was really it was really interesting to inhabit characters that, that are dealing with that tension of, you know, something that is real to me, it is my life, feels like a story or feels like a piece of entertainment for other people. And I do think in general that's kind of the, the ethical tension with true crime, that, you know, we turn turn these tragedies into kind of our, our entertainment. Um, and so to try to sort of feel those feelings, I just, it, it was really interesting, and I can imagine just how disorienting and also frustrating um, that could feel at times, and also just sort of the, the way that some of those things feed on themselves. I'm thinking particularly of the Idaho um, murders and how, if I remember correctly, then like on TikTok, there was a true crime person who was accusing a professor. Yeah. Um, and obviously that person didn't do it. And so just the way these things sort of snowball and become these big at all just must be so destabilizing, I would think. Yeah. And and I think, again, when I read those words, I thought that's why I'm always very careful. I'm also the news director here in, on the yeah. station here in Mississippi as well, Rebecca. So I'm always very careful in reporting stories but not glamorizing stories. And I think there right. is a thin line that's there because for so many people, un- honestly, news has become entertainment. It's about what's going to get yeah. the most clicks or likes or whatever. And I, and I when I got to that part from Chelsea, I thought, you know what? That's something for all of us to remember, that it's not just a headline. It's not just a story. This is, in a lot of these real situations, these are people's lives that we're talking about and real people that are impacted. Uh, So I have to ask you this question, Rebecca. Uh, And again, if our audience has not gotten the book, we're going to remind them they can do it. Was this the end of the story you imagined, or did you see yourself revisiting these characters again? Oh, that's so interesting. Um, I think that for me, this is where they end. Um, okay. I mean, there's maybe there's a possibility. Um, I do. I do have an interest. I have always kind of thought about writing another story about some of the other women um, in that serial killer's life. Because um, again, I'm not as interested in the serial killer. I'm interested in sort of how he affected people. So I could sort of see that happening. But I think for for Chelsea and Bree, um, I think this is where I kind of kind of leave them and let them walk off into the sunset. Got you. Well, look, I think readers will be happy with the story you've given us. Again, everyone, Rebecca McKenna has been our guest. Don't Forget the Girl is the title of her new book out this week. You can get it through our friends at Amazon.com or through your favorite local bookstore. If they don't have it, I know they'll be more than happy to order it for you. Rebecca, really enjoyed the conversation with you. How can our audience stay connected with you? Um, so I'm at RebeccaMcCanna.com, and Rebecca McCanna is my handle on um, Twitter and Instagram, and come say hi. <laughs> All right. Well, definitely so invite our audience to do that. Oh, glad to do it. Glad to do it, and looking forward yeah. to our next conversation together, okay? All right. You take care. All right, you as well. And we thank your audience for tuning in to another great segment of Conversations Live. Until next time, I'm your host, Cyrus Webb, saying as always, enjoy your day, enjoy your life, enjoy your world. Thank you all for choosing Conversations Live. Then let's go make today amazing. Take care.